created as a space for connection, conversation and community. Uh, and we connect across three areas, connecting people, connecting organisations and connecting economies. In this ConnectCon, we'll be exploring generosity as the new currency in business. You can join our community and continue the conversation at www.connectal.com business. We look forward to connecting with you. Uh, today we will talk about the special approach, uh, how to uh, see generosity integrated not only in the finance world, but also in our everyday approach to the business, uh, what we are working on. Uh, so uh, first uh, part is to introduce uh, ourselves. Uh, I will start from uh, Mara. Uh, Mara, you all probably know because she's hosting uh, usually uh, these webinars and today she will also be part of the communication about how generosity is important in all segments uh, that are happening. Uh, on the other side, it's also my very high honor to have uh, today Ellen uh, on our call. Uh, Ellen is my very good uh, business colleague and also friend from Chicago. And we had the opportunity to meet there and already did a lot of uh, interviews together and also business uh, things. And uh, you will learn a lot from her how the money works, what are the things important to consider, not only from the side how to organize the money, because she's a money expert, uh, but also now she's much more uh, focusing herself uh, from the traditional approach uh, to the things that are connected uh, much more to the generosity. And uh, from that side, she is uh, number one uh, New York Times uh, bestseller of the, for example, book, A Picture of Prosperity. So for that uh, say, uh, I will end with uh, myself. I'm Eva, coming from Croatia and uh, having my own business for the international business development and investments. And uh, I'm saying hello also to all my uh, business colleagues and the friends and hope you will enjoy our one hour talk. So let's start. I will ask first, Alan, you know, we are talking a lot about uh, things uh, now is the situation of the COVID. We also had uh, yesterday in New Zealand, the earthquake, uh, two months ago, earthquake happened in Zagreb. So the things are not the best from the situation in the whole globe. Uh, generosity is very important, but what is important from the side of the strategies and how you see the strategies uh, that are moving from your traditional approach to money to now this, you know, generosity, the new currency in the business. Please give us your approach to that. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I do want to start by saying that I, I'm quite aware that there is a lot of suffering going on in the world with COVID and people's economic um, taking a hit with things being shut down um, in Illinois, we um, still have mostly everything shut down and stay at home orders are almost are in place through the end of the month. Uh, we're not going to really talk about that today. I just want to just say I'm quite aware of that. What I'm also seeing through this time um, is incredible generosity bubbling up. And I think even seeing on the news where I was, I was saying before that I barely ever watch the news, the times I have it on, I'm noticing that people are so tired of hearing um, about all the bad news that they're even on the regular news, they're starting to show good signs. And when we watch other people doing generous acts, it not only, we'll talk a little bit later, I'm sure about how it feels so good to be generous, yeah. But even actually watching other people do generous acts makes us feel good. Um, and 
I um, came out of being a wealth manager. So for more than 25 years, I had my own wealth management firm. And I started to realize in both growing my firm and also working with clients with their money, that when there is a focus on generosity, everything seemed to flow more smoothly. Um, my Just a quick story about my first introduction to this. When I started to build my business and I was joining networking groups, I really didn't know what I was doing. And someone introduced me to this woman named Suzanne Stone, who um, really taught me how to network and really formed the foundation for me about how to use generosity to grow a business. What she said to me, we were in a networking group that was kind of like a leads group where you had a, each month when we met, you shared who you gave business to. And she said, Ellen, you want to be the person that gives the most business in that group. So when you stand up, you're sharing, sharing, sharing. And not only will you be helping those people, but everyone in the room will want to meet you. And what I, so I did that. I was like sharing information. She, she gave the analogy of what you, um, what you sow, you reap. And I was out there always focusing on how I could help other people with no expectation that I was going to get business back from them. You know, in the financial services industry, there's an old, really old school way of doing business. It's like give to get. So Mara, I'll give you business, but if you don't give it back to me, forget it. You're never getting more business from me. But it doesn't work that way, right? It's when you give, 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 all of a sudden things come back from unexpected sources. So starting out that way, it helped me build my network in a huge way, but also helped me biz build my business. But what, what does it uh, actually mean to be generous, Mara, for example? How you see Mara, what does it mean to be generous from your perspective? Sure. I just wanted to start off by saying I'm really excited to have three perspectives from across the world here. To yes, we are having Europe, I mean, uh, US and Asia. And I apologize to Asia because uh, Europe and uh, US are a little selfish. So <laughs> the Asia has early morning, and <laughs> but we will fix it in the future. Don't worry. Fine, but it's amazing to have all of these perspectives from around the world and to still feel so connected, like that, you know, we're all in this together for so many things. Yeah. So. I really, you know, for me, every time we do this, it's it's quite a buzz because it's it it just reinforces that that we are all in this together, and no matter where you are in the world, you know, we we can we can share something um, and have similarities. Um, but yes, in, in terms of um, why I'm here today, so a lot of what I do is around um, connecting people and connecting or community building or working out loud. But in terms of generosity, what I wanted to talk about was really from the working out loud perspective. And I see we have a number of people from the working out loud um, community here as well and, and who will listen to this as well. But working out loud, and, and I loved your story, Alan, because it fits in so well with where this was born. It really came out of this desire to make work better so we you know we're working in a bank um which is you know very similar to you as well where a lot of what what we're doing was transactional um but also focused in one thing so you did your work and you got it done i think what do people say like can you swim in your lane or whatever it is you know where you work on <clears throat> your thing rather than having a look at you know don't even look up to see what everybody else is doing you work on your thing and you get that done um but we realized that that was just, it could be better. Most people wanted to do more than that. You know, it was such a waste of 
potential um, when most of us have so much to offer. It seems that what we were doing was telling people to only offer it in one limited place when we actually could offer it to a much broader context. So leading with generosity, um, which is one of the five elements of working out loud, and to me one of the most crucial ones, it provides these ripples, you know, so it breaks you out of your cubicle, or breaks you out of the, the, the place that you're being told that you should stick to, you know, so that's your, this is your, um, area so you talk about that area or this is this is your project you work on that project and stay out of everybody else's but this kind of working out loud sharing what you're working on contributing to other people's work leading with generosity it provides these ripples that um that that it's it it means that we can go beyond um the context of what you're working on and for me that's where true innovation happens or true like you know all these pieces of serendipity or pieces of or like innovation that never have happened. yeah you will say yeah. uh, from the side of innovation and uh, this eight wire and all these uh, happenings that are happening um, i can also say from the generosity side it's very connected with the networking and uh, yes. for example the region where i'm coming from balkan ex-yugoslavian countries we didn't have a lot of experience from the side of the capitalism uh, since okay we can say last 30 years we are in that uh, segment and uh, when we had opportunity to go to the western countries we re really learned if we wish to have a success we need to network and we need to know to share the network and uh, i felt a lot of uh, very nice experience just because of this networking and for example in the community where we are in the eastern europe uh, since my background is in IT, uh, we had a lot of uh, connections with the clusters and communicating between the countries. This was, for example, one way. But from the generosity side, uh, what I saw as approach, for example, when I was in the US, it is how quickly and much more fluent people uh, network. And we can say that it's much fluent also going the generosity. And of course, it depends always on the people. But I think what Alan said, you know, if you give me a project, if you give me a money side from the side of uh, follow up, I will give you or, or otherwise it will not happen. From the commercial side, of course, it is understandable. But uh, from the human side, I think now, uh, even if we, for example, uh, don't have in that moment uh, the real return on that recommendation, it happens through something else. And uh, I'm just now saying to all of you, just remember how many times you did something good for someone and, you know, just uh, next day something good happened to you from the other person. So definitely, I, I believe that generosity is also connected uh, with making the wealth. So this question goes directly to Ellen, uh, since she was in this uh, finance industry, advising a lot of companies about how to keep the money, how to make them wealthy. Uh, what was uh, your experience from that part of the view? Yeah, I actually worked mostly with individuals with mm -hmm. their um, money, but I... Um, so and let, let's just talk about the individual side and being a little bit looser with your grip with money. So what I saw in the last recession, which I don't know that I'm seeing to the same extent now because I feel like this is so different because it's affecting the whole planet in different ways with our health, not just our wealth. But what I saw in 2008, 2009 was that um, people were hanging on so tightly to what they had 
and so afraid to let it go, like I'm not gonna be okay, I'm not gonna be okay. And there's certainly that happening now. But when you think about this energy of hanging on, like you can't possibly receive like this. And what is not intuitive is that when you start to loosen that grip and start to give, not more than you can afford to give, and now I'm talking about financial giving and we're gonna absolutely talk about energetic giving or volunteering, but when you loosen that a little bit, all of a sudden it opens things up where more can flow to you. And, and this really isn't just a metaphysical concept of what goes around comes around, which I actually believe, but there's studies on generosity that have shown that people, uh, countries that are more generous have higher GDPs, gross domestic products. Um, and I, I need to say that if this is connected to the Eastern European countries, they're not generous in that way. So I just- Well, to... it's a learning too, right? It's a learned I, behavior. Yeah. I see, I, you know, there is a question here that I just want to inter interject because it really um, goes to what Eva just said. The question um, from Mark is, is generosity the same as altruism? And I'm just going to give it from my viewpoint. I don't actually have, no one's asked that to me before, but it feels like altruism is this intrinsic way you are in the world. Like I'm an altruistic person. There's people that, you know, the definition is more about being selfless and being out there wanting to help people, which I think we all have some of that, but to some extent, I think whether it's beliefs or I don't know how that would come to be your upbringing, where I feel like generosity is more the outward expression of that, whether it's kindness or money or helping someone else out. And I do believe that generosity can really be learned because the more you do it, the better it feels, right? And so um, I didn't be, I wasn't brought up my parents were quietly financially generous. So they never really talked about it with us. It wasn't like with our kids where we gave them a portion of their allowance and it went to be giving to people less fortunate. Um, and I really learned that as a young adult and really even learned it more when I wrote my first book, Great With Money, about taking a percentage of my income and earmarking it for giving. And what I found, the more I did that, the better it felt. And even in when times were hard, I'm like, no, that's what I do. I take a percentage of my income, or my husband and I do, and we put it in a separate account for giving later. Um, it just feels so good to do that. I, we notice we're more generous, we're more thoughtful in our, our philanthropic giving. So, um, yeah, so that's what I feel like some of that difference is. And it can be learned, even if culturally it's not part of what you do, the more you do it, it's like building that bicep muscle. The more you do it, the easier it gets and the better it feels. But that, that, that also comes to the moment that, first of all, if you uh, wish to help others and give them generosity, first you need to be generous to yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think the, my, the yeah. cultural thing, Eva, is actually really, really interesting, that whole piece there, because I think... Because um, I've worked with many people around the world and everyone has a different uh, version of what generosity is, you know, like, and, and so a, lo a lot of people do associate it with the money side. Um, and so they'll say, oh, no, no, you know, that doesn't work here or something like that. I was speaking to someone in um, China where we were doing the, the working out loud there and, and um, looking at how the 
the the five elements translated into another language or into another culture really um, and and when the word generous was translated it was like oh that's really not going to work you know because the 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 word um when when they were looking at it made it sound like it was a charity and so everything you were doing was charitable so you were giving everything away and i was like oh no that's not actually what the intention of leading with generosity is so when we explored it a bit more what we found was oh we actually do that already it's actually part of our culture you know and so it was it it was it it was the the interpretation of it was slightly different so it wasn't that you you must give everything away like charity because that oh but the idea of you know if i have something to give and i offer that up and it's part of an, an a network um where we're all giving to each other and that makes us stronger oh we do that already and that was the same in in, in other cultures in asia as well i mean you mentioned the word karma i think alan it's that kind of feeling you know the more i give the more i give the more i get um, but it, it was trying to tap into that that cultural aspect that I think is sort of everywhere. So it's this kind of different idea around um, generosity and what that means, you know. And I think there's this a wonderful quote that went round a little while ago in the Working Out Loud community, which is from a guy, Dave in Australia, which I just want to put in because it's kind of what it feels like here. It's this: whatever we're good at is what the world needs us to be. Um, and then between all of us, we've got it covered. So it's mm. kind of like we've all got our own little pieces that we give and it's going to look slightly different maybe in America than it looks in China, than it looks in Croatia, than it looks in New Zealand. But if we bring it all together, it's kind of, it's, it's what the world needs right now. So it's but kind yeah, of... In, in the end, we are always uh, uh, working with the people and it's always wherever we go, culture is one thing, but it's always about these personalities that are making things happen. And the people that are really uh, not only generous to the sharing of the network, but also knowledge, information, and all these things. What are uh, what is bringing us now to the approach, for example, of the business planning? Because mm -hmm. when we think about the situations we are facing every day, uh, I uh, definitely see that business plan. Okay, we have some ideas, we have some information we need to put. But uh, how do you see, ladies, uh, the business plan and generosity? What can we connect? Uh, in the business plan that is uh, connected with generosity? Maybe some concrete examples from your side, Ellen. Sure. Um, so I'm gonna think, I'm thinking more of from like a corporate generosity yeah. thing. Um, well, first of all, people wanna do business with good people, yeah. right? So when you have a company that has a um, culture of more generosity or you're a person in that company, people wanna, um, you know, that's who they want to do business with. And when you have a um, generosity plan or a philanthropic plan or whatever that looks like in your corporation, it puts like a corporate halo around you that, um, that, that makes it more attractive. And studies have shown that millennials, you know, it's, it's I think it was like 67% of them factor in, 64% of millennials factor in, in their decision who to work for corporate responsibility. So they don't want to work with a company that isn't doing some good in the world. And, um, and that wouldn't be the reason to just do it just so it looks good. Cause I think people have like a sniff test if this is authentic or not. Um, and it may look, it may look different in different ways. Um, but I know like there's, um, a bank I'm, I do consulting with in Chicago and I'm on their board of directors. And from the beginning, 
their home marketing was what we started talking about. Like we help other people, it will come back to us. We make good connections for people. That's a way to be generous. Like, like uh, Eva, you yeah. did for me and Mara. Like Ellen, you need to meet Mara. Mara, you need to meet yeah. Ellen. And then... you know, Ellen, you were in Croatia, if you remember, and it was uh, last year in uh, September. And we were talking, okay, Ellen, what will be your next goal? Because now we have a lot of things that we like to do. What will be the goal for 2020? And then you said, you know, not maybe 2020, but I would like to go to Australia. And then, okay, now basically it's not possible because COVID little bit stopped your plans for now. But now you are on this web. What I'm saying, I'm saying that it's exactly what you wrote in your book of the picture, your prosperity, that it's very good when you can visualize your ideas and also put your energy together with this visualization and things are just happening it's just you know this well it thank you and it didn't just happen it happened because i had the intention but it also happened because you heard my intention, yes, which I've shared with many, many people. Yeah, working but you, you went out of your way and said, oh, I know Mara. She works in banking. She may know people. And you connected us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a really um, lovely thing when you can have a network of other generous people as well. But there's lots of ways in your business to incorporate um, generosity it really depends on what kind of business you have so at the bank we have a philanthropic fund we have all the employees have a certain time that they are um, allowed and kind of expected to volunteer during the year there's a bunch of days off there's a matching donation program um, but if you have a smaller business you could volunteer as a group when i had my wealth management practice and i would do client events we would always have the giveaway for a client instead of having like a mug with our company name on it we would make um there was a uh one year we bought baked goods from an organization that has development developmentally disabled adults there who have a bakery so that we were giving to that we were giving something lovely to our clients um every year on either valentine's day this year we did it on um international happiness day we send out cards this was ours two years ago it says generosity precedes prosperity which i believe but we also made a donation a heartfelt donation to a charity in our client's honor. So there's little ways like constantly, I because it's important and it's a value I have, I was sprinkling that out throughout my business. Um, and I also think sometimes people do, this is kind of like um, volunteering out loud maybe, Mara, I'm just learning about the working out loud process. But I think sometimes there are people are so quiet about the good work they do and you don't do it to brag about it but you don't have to be quiet about it. Like someone else may be interested in doing the same kind of volunteer work or donating to the same charity. And so I think sharing that with people in your network or your clients or customers, whatever kind of organization you have is really helpful as well. I really like that. Cause I think um, in this sort of day and age, a lot of, I don't know, networking, networking can kind of be seen as a bit kind of cynical or manipulative, <clears throat> but also sharing what you do can be kind of seen as being a bit, I don't know, the influencer, you know, you're kind of putting yourself out there and just sort of showing off, I guess. And so a lot of us kind of recoil from doing that because it feels icky, but actually, and, and that's something that we do do inside the, the working out loud circles. It's, 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 it, it, there is a benefit in other people seeing this you know like in other people seeing what you're doing and and sharing with other people what you're working on but doing it in a way where you're not kind of 
showing off, I guess. So, you know, rather than waiting for someone else to always, hey, Alan, great job, you know, which doesn't always happen, particularly in an, in an organization. You, you, you know, you know? What, is very, what is very good, Mara, what you say, yeah. uh, hey, Alan, you, you did a great job. Maybe sometimes, even uh, what already Alan and I uh, comment, when you just say some good things uh, to the people, it's also a generosity because uh, maybe one day you don't feel the best and you did something good and someone else is just putting some uh, nice things on your email or something like, uh, oh. thank you for making me this. And you know, in that moment, whatever was not okay, it just puts you up. And it's always good, even uh, if you don't feel the best, uh, put out of yourself the best, uh, what is possible because you know it's just uh, how this good uh, thinking goes and then it's much easier for you also to grow because uh, it's very about uh, how you think and how you approach also to the people what do you think about that uh, Ellen maybe yeah. you can share something. Uh, Mara, did you have something else you were in the middle of sharing before I because I have a story about oh, what Eva just said but I want to let you finish if there's no, something else there yeah Going, it was really around that, you know, we, we kind of do recoil from sharing these things because we look like we're showing off, but actually we sh if we offer it as a contribution, um, you know, that can actually, it, it is being seen as being generous and it helps other people. Yeah. And so the yeah. more we can actually contribute to other people. So if we, if we take this approach where we're actually, um, where can I contribute? Where can I actually be generous? Then the more we actually think like that, the more everybody else does. And so those little you know, thank yous that you get from people that we quite often forget yeah. to do, actually yeah. do ripple off. And it makes us all feel better. I think, you know, just, yeah, it does. So I'd love to hear your story, Alan. Yeah, I have a story about that. And then if we have time, I'll go back to the sharing kind of good work stuff. Um, so it was probably like three or four weeks into the stay-at-home orders in Chicago. And I had Right that first week, I started giving a series of webinars on mindfulness for financial advisors, which is a community I tend to be in uh, a bunch, because I know um, everyone appropriately was focusing on healthcare workers. And being a former financial advisor, when the markets were tanking right when this first started to happen, I know how stressful it is. They're like the financial caregivers for people because they're helping other people not feel stressed about their money. And so I gave this webinar and someone named Barry Shapiro uh, connected with me on LinkedIn and we had a little bit of an exchange. And then the next day I woke up and just like wanted to lay in bed and watch Netflix all day, which is not my typical MO, but it was just like a lot of heavy energy. I was feeling bummed out, which is, you know, lots of people have gone through during this time. And I actually have a sofa in my office and I was laying on it and like, okay, I'll get up and do something somewhat productive, which was looking at social media, which is questionable whether that's productive. <laughs> and I realized Barry had sent me another message um, that I hadn't read. And he said, Ellen, you know, I've been calling all my clients and sharing what we're grateful for and what's working for us. And I decided I was going to reach out to people I don't really even know who've made an impact on me and share what I'm grateful for. And I just want to really thank you for that webinar. It reminded me of my mindfulness practice and it was such a big impact on me. And I went from, I, is, I don't know if this is a global reference about Winnie the Pooh. Does everyone know who Eeyore is? Eeyore was like this sad, what was he, a donkey? I don't know character to Tigger, who was like this bouncy, happy character. That's what happened to me after I read Barry's um, LinkedIn message and um, really made my day. From him taking 
two minutes to write me a note. So what I did is I paid it forward and there's someone I'm fa I follow who writes amazing or her company does amazing work for women around personal finances in the US. And I sent, we've had a little bit of an email exchange. I don't really know her very well. And I sent her an email and said, just want you to know you and your team put out the best information I've ever seen about women in finances. It's not condescending. And I was very specific in my accolades to her. But an hour later, I got an email back saying, you just made my day. I'm sharing this with my entire team. So Eva, to your point, those little ways that you can just acknowledge somebody. If you know them beautiful, I hope you're doing that all the time. Our family every Friday night shares what we love and appreciate about each other. Our daughter's birthday was Saturday and she got a whole what we love and appreciate about Amy, which she loved and appreciated. She wanted it to go on till Sunday, but it's okay. And, um, but you know, how can you link, how can you reach out and give someone a recommendation on LinkedIn? How can you write some, that's the other thing I've been doing when I felt like things were a little slow. Who can I give an authentic recommendation to that I've actually experienced that we didn't even ask for it? Um, so these are all really easy, wonderful ways. And here's the thing, not only will you make them feel better, you're gonna feel better from the process as well. Exactly. That's amazing, I love that story. I think that's really important because I think Earlier, uh, you mentioned about, I think it was during the financial crisis where everyone started holding tight to their money. Did you? Yeah. You know, this kind of holding tight. And I think there's a real danger that, that you know, we're, we're quite worried about, you know, the world and what's happening right now, that there's a danger that we may start kind of starting to hold tight to what we have and, and um, whether that's money or what, or what we have to give. But actually that story that you just told really kind of, shows us that actually if we allow that to open up and, and, and actually share what we have, that actually that makes everything, that actually opens up much more opportunities and good around the world. So um, rather than this kind of tendency to, to, to bottle ourselves up and to hold everything we have tight and, and not let go, the more that we can actually open that up and, and share with people, the, the more that we'll get back. That's beautiful. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, I just want to add an addendum onto the story to bring it back to business, which was kind of how you yeah. started with this question, Eva, is so I was so struck by this that it had me reframe, you know, I write a lot about generosity and gratitude and it really reframed how I looked at gratitude, how I can be more generous with it. My gratitude practice was looking back very selfish, not like bad, but it would be to make me feel better. Like every day I write, you know, three things I'm grateful for and think about it after my meditation. And, we, and if you don't know that, it's well proven that it boosts your happiness level, it reduces stress, like it's a really great thing to do. But I never focused about how if I share my gratitude, it could be more generous. And that's what Barry did for me. So I ended up developing this whole, wrote a whole blog post on it, at sharing it, got on a bunch of people's podcasts because of that wrote about Barry in my blog. He then wrote about me in his blog. Like there was this business thing that came out of this and I know he didn't share his gratitude just for that purpose, but that's what can happen um, indirectly or directly. 
Yeah, and this is uh, very interesting what you said now because I also feel that uh, during this COVID time, what really made us on one side in the lockdown also put us much more to connect with ourselves and the things uh, that we are grateful and uh, how we are approaching to the situations. And it made us on one side a little bit disconnected from the social activities, but much more connected to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And through that, what I saw from my side, I'm telling about myself, it is that we even uh, grow in the perspectives that uh, we didn't think about before, the things that we even didn't consider that are important uh, in our everyday life. We just put them uh, active somehow. It was just you know, like uh, some part of you that was not so active and they just activate because of the conditions that were not uh, normal at all. You, for example, in the business have always some strategies, some goals, some plans. But this is something totally unexpected. You don't know what can happen. You don't know what will be t- tomorrow. And it is very for the people who are used to have a plan, a goal, and you know, everything very structured, little bit like, oh my God, this is, you know, like a war. You don't know what will happen next day. And my question is now to both of you, how you see the situation according uh, to this uh, little bit problematic from the finance side? because. On one uh, moment, we are experiencing the changes. Uh, I think that in this moment, we are having the people who will either get much more stronger from the situation or people who really suffer a lot. So what is some advice uh, how to handle the situation from the perspective of your surrounding of the, after all, parts of the globe where you are coming from because uh, US capitalism, New Zealand has also different approach. Uh, Europe uh, is totally in the different segments. So I will be very happy that you share with uh, us how you see the story from starting with the US, capitalist. I don't know if I can speak to the whole US. What I can speak to is how individuals can. It's your opinion. It's your opinion about Yeah, well, how individuals, you know, I tend to focus more on personal finances or um, I I suppose from a small business owner's uh, standpoint. Um, really great opportunity. Um, I have so many thoughts going through my head at the same time, Eva. Let me go with the first one to really assess what you value and what's important to you. And I don't just mean like, I, of course, your family and your health yeah. given. I'm talking about like your expenditures. And, and so I talk um, about how I don't think budgets work for people. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't. I'm talking about personal budgeting now. And it doesn't mean I don't think you should know where your money's going. But when you use the word budget, at least here in the US, it's very restrictive. It feels like diet, like who wants to do that? Instead, I have people look at their values-based spending plan. Like, are you spending on things that you truly value? Yeah. And I realized going through not being able to really spend the same way for the last six or it was because it's eight or 12 weeks now. Um, it's really a great opportunity to look at like, wow, do I even care about that? Like I realize the things that as soon as things open up, maybe not as soon, I'll be back out there. This is going to sound super shallow, but I can't stand not having nice nails because I have really crappy nails and they're bugging me. Now, if I couldn't afford food, would I go get my nails done? No. But, you <laughs> know, so... Again, you, you know, sorry, I will just jump in. This is uh, Alan, generosity to yourself. Because first, if you wish to be generous, first, you need to be generous to yourself. Well, and to know <laughs> that I really care about it, where... Um, 
other stuff, it's not like eating out. I'm happy cooking at home. I'm not happy. I don't, it's a lot of work, but I would, it, it's fine. And it doesn't mean I don't want to support local businesses, but it's a way of assessing are the things I'm spending money on things I truly value. And um, so in what my hope is, is that when things start to open up more, that people just don't jump back in. You know, United States is so consumerism focused. We're so like, bye, 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 without even thinking about it, that people maybe pause and think, okay, do I have enough? Do I have enough shoes? This is the first time, because the weather got warm in Chicago, that I've worn a different pair of shoes in two months. Because I go from my house to my little office, no one sees my feet, I have a closet full of shoes. Like, seriously, do I need any more? No. Yeah. But so I think it's a reassessment time. And I know things are hard and it's super easy to get scared about personal, about money, whether it's in your business or you don't know what the future of your business is. There's a lot of um, disruptions to so many businesses where it's dramatic, you know, to the best extent you can to have self-calming strategies so that you're not freaked out that you have that ability to um, be more creative and inspired about what is possible. And I know that's easier said than done, um, but hopefully each of you has some way that you have a contemplative practice, whether it's walking in nature, you have a meditation practice, you uh, go for a run, but without listening to a million different things so you can actually quiet things down. It's so incredibly important. And Mara, how is your opinion about this? The situation that we're in right now, I'm hoping this doesn't sound bad, but it's, it's kind of exposes those that have been working in this way in a long time because they have, if you've been working in a generous way pre the crisis, I feel like you've built up this very strong network or this group of people that are there to support you now when you need it, right? And so the ones that were doing it in an inauthentic way or not at all, I feel like they're kind of exposed now because they put everything into that it's always going to be that way. I'm not sure if I fully put that in the way that I'd like to, but it's, it's this kind of, when we first talk about working out loud in this kind of way of working when we're doing it on an individual level um quite often one of the ways that people describe it is that it's like a career insurance you know if, if you've worked in like i've worked in banking for a long time there are many reorgs so it, it, you know the organization is constantly changing and so not everyone has that feeling i guess where every six months the rug can be pulled out from under you and therefore you're left exposed um so maybe we're kind of um used to this kind of feeling where you where you have to build up a network very quickly again but it's this kind of okay i'm working in this way not in a in a manipulative yucky way where i'm going to do something for you and you're going to do something for me in the future but it's building up much stronger relationships that you've built up through these contributions over time so it's not that i'm just reaching out to people or talking to people or saying thank you to people or being generous to people when i need them because that shows i feel like that comes through it's this you just in your uh, moment or... yeah. yeah and so therefore this kind of if i if i have a strong network around me at all times 
then when something happens like this, you know, they're there for me. And therefore, and that's when the ROI, as people say, you know, that's when it really comes into play because it's like, well, you know, these are the people that support me. And I think it's the same from a, a much bigger level, from a corporate level. Um, so, you know, companies are quite often talking about, oh, we need to build a community. We need to be customer focused. We need to build a community of customers. And I think when you do that in a, in one way where it's just a kind of a transactional way, when it comes to something like a, a moment like this in time, I think the transactional kind of community is exposed. You know, the ones where you actually have built up a deep relationship with people over time are the ones that can stand that test. So, and it's very important in times like this, um, particularly for a company. So if you have a very strong community um, of people who will support you, um, when things happen or when you have to pivot or when you have to take things away or when you have to change things, your community will stay with you because you've built up this much deeper relationship. You know? if, I, if I can jump uh, in this, what you said, yes, your community will be with you, but also mm. it's a moment when you see uh, who you don't want to have in your community. <laughs> because in yeah, the I love that I feel like you yeah yeah Ellen, you can comment but I just needed to comment this because in this moment it's very good we can say the situation okay those are the people that I can rely on and those are the people you know that will be on the waiting list when the time arrives for the activities Ellen, you wish Mara, to when you were sharing that I really got this image of you built up your bank account with people not like waiting to pull it out, but you've built up this, uh, I don't know how to say it, good karma, there's a better way to yeah. say that. You're, you've, you've given, given, given without an expectation of anything in return, but then when you need, the, the, the benefit of doing that with your network is when you have an ask, you've built the right to ask in a really authentic way, or that people just wanna jump in and, and help you. You know, I can think about people here, small businesses that have really been there for me, the woman who does my hair, or, uh, you know, other services that we have that I've wanted to support during this time because they have no income now. Where there's another business, if I really don't care about them, they haven't even been on my mind of wanting to support them. So yeah. I think that that's a beautiful thing that it's just like, um, I hate to say saving for a rainy day because it feels negative. I like to think of it as a solutions fund, but you've built up your fund to be able to ask down the road. Make is calling it goodwill. I guess it is actually. There was a, um, in New Zealand, when all of the uh, cafes and restaurants closed down um, for uh, the lockdown, uh, somebody set up a, uh, a way for you to be able to buy virtual coffees or scones as if you were still going to that cafe even though you knew that you wouldn't be getting it but it could be for a later day and it, and, and for me that kind of showcases this that that i would i'm prepared to still buy your coffee even though i'm not getting anything in return just so that you can keep going as a business later on um and for for that to have happened you know they they would have had to have been very generous in the past and had to you know build up this community um, of people that want this business to survive, that they're willing to, you know, that they will pay for a, for that feeling of a coffee, <laughs> even though they're not getting it. Um, yeah, loyalty. That's right. This is great. This is really loyal. Loyalty is definitely here the number one. If you ask me, 
in uh, the moment of the generosity because uh, loyalty is what uh, brings people connected and also what makes them much easier to grow together. Mm-hmm. And stay connected. Yeah. yeah. And I will also ask the audience uh, if they have questions that they can put it in the chat and it would be very nice to see where you are coming from and what are your perspectives on the generosity and uh, how you feel from the side of the also what we didn't talk a lot but maybe we can ask now about this business plan and the generosity, maybe some examples uh, connected to that part in the end. Yeah, so, um, well, let me just say that it should be part of your um, marketing plan. And again, I don't mean to give to get, but um, just to give a couple examples, and I don't know if this will apply depending on what kind of business you're in, but a woman I know in the States, Laura Gisborne, who does um, consulting for small businesses, requires all of the people that work for her, work with her, to pay 10% of the fee that they would pay to her to go directly to a charity because she wants to inspire them to be more generous. And for some of them, it's the first time they've ever given that much money. And I love that she's built that into her plan to then inspire other people to be generous. So that's one example. But it's um, also like in, it's, it's um, I love the way that Working Out Loud calls it leading with generosity. So instead of it being out there like, okay, how do I, how do I just build my social media presence? How do I let, how do I support other people in building theirs? And knowing that that type of thing will come through. Um, there's, you know, lots of different ways, whether it's volunteering or donating to your clients' charities. When our business turned 25 years old, I sent a letter to all my clients asking what their favorite charity was and offering to donate money to their favorite charity. I learned, first of all, I got to donate money. They thought it was great. I also learned what their favorite charity was, so I learned more about them. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do this, but also mentoring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mentoring is, for example, a very nice way to be generous and also to help people in the way how uh, they can uh, help themselves uh, from the business perspective that they don't uh, make uh, some mistakes, for example, that you did. But it's also always important that uh, they are uh, coachable or we can say that uh, they wish to hear what you are saying to them. And it's also from the side of this mentoring amazing. I think that each of us has a mentor, either in the perspective of the life where we are. It's uh, we are changing this mentoring and uh, even now. If I ask you, Mara, or you, Ellen, uh, do you have someone who you consider as a mentor in this moment? I'm sure you will say there is a one or two or even three person that you can call your mentors and also the people who you are mentoring now. Yeah, and sometimes you don't even know them. Like I, yes. now I know my mentor, but there's a woman named Lynn Twist who wrote a beautiful book called The Soul of Money. And mm-hmm. I got to meet her for a she impacted me in such a huge way. And it was just three years ago that I actually got to meet her in person. So she didn't even know who I was or know that she was a mentor to me. So sometimes it could be an author, someone that you're watching beside someone who's directly in your life. And that might be somebody you reach out and just thank, even if they don't know you at all. 
and this is exactly what I will ask uh, all the participants, you know, just tomorrow morning or whenever you have a time, just write one or two emails or, you know, just messages to the people that really need to get uh, thank you from your side and you will make their day okay. And also you, I'm 100% will be back to that day. Yeah. And if you mm -hmm. have their address to do it with this, that might be even better to actually write them a note. That's just crazy talk, I know, but. Yeah, but we, uh, when uh, Ellen and I were in Chicago, we both uh, get from our friend, uh, These Little Hearts, and uh, maybe Ellen can share the details about these hearts and how they are functioning from the practical way. Yeah, so Jeannie Malnati, who is, um, a brilliant woman runs a uh, consulting firm where she consults on culture, also has an organization called Spreading Hearts. And more than 30,000 of these have been spread all over the world. And it's really a wonderful way to acknowledge that someone's touched your heart. Um, I've given these out when I've been in Africa and different parts of the world. I've given them to people in stores that have been wonderful to me. I gave one. Oh, did Jeannie, Jeannie gave you yours, right, Eva? Uh, yes, yes. When oh, no. we met her in Chicago. I get, uh, and later I order myself a little more that I can Oh, good. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. So, um, and it's just, you know, I love that she has a physical way of spreading kindness and good love and generosity. Um, and I really encourage each of you to think like, what's your spreading heart? You know, maybe use Jeannie's hearts, but maybe you have your own way of doing that, whether it's in notes or making sure you acknowledge people. Or just, you know, just make people smile, just make people happy, just, you know, be kind to the people. And if someone is not kind to you, you know, just ignore them and go in your direction. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, so from... Um, I was going to say, Mark has um, asked a question here about self-esteem and he's saying that self-esteem is present when we're talking about generosity and whether that's a requirement for being generous to others. And I found, I thought that was quite interesting because a lot of people that are in, um, a lot of the people that I find are in working out loud circles are kind of afraid to share or to be generous or to contribute. And I guess part of it is self-esteem, but they're kind of waiting for permission in some ways. Like, you know, no one's asked me, so I'm not going to do it. Mm. So, or, you know, this kind of, or they don't have the, I guess it's partly confidence, but they don't have the structure or the, the tools or the, the permission, the time to actually do this. So in, in some ways, the, the, the 12 week circles gives you that it's this, okay, this is my hour a day and I have permission to do this. And that's enough of a, a nudge to get someone to, well, okay, no, I can do this and I will do this. Even though um, what they're doing is helping someone else. You would think you don't need permission to help someone else, but um, you just need this little nudge. And I think of um, a particular person in the network um, who was working in a, in, in a firm in Germany and she was afraid to contribute outside of her role. So, you know, I'm an engineer, this is, you know, she's an engineer and this is what she does, but I want to give so much more. Um, why, you know, what gives me the right to do that? You know, it's not my, it's not my job. Um, but she did and she kept, and by doing that, what she did was she unlocked all of this learning and potential in the organization. So she stepped outside of her lane or she stepped outside of her job to give so much more. 
um, in a much broader context. And that, for me, is this kind of culture change, innovation change that we talk about, is this kind of unlocking of these contributions that step outside of where we're supposed to be, um, which actually unlocks so much more and creates these connections. And, and that, that person that I was talking about is now not only uh, doing things inside her organisation, but she set up a... Um, and a, uh, a whole movement around uh, girls learning more around STEM and engineering. So, you know, she is an engineer in an organization, but what can she can contribute? She has a daughter. Oh, I want more girls and women to be in this and, you know, to feel how exciting this is, how, what my job is and what I do. So she did that. And then she took it to another level where now she's doing, you know, working out loud for education and how can I implement this into schools? You know, so it's coming from, oh, who am I to speak out and I shouldn't, you know, why should I contribute to once you kind of unlock that, you can actually unlock so much more because all of us have something that we can contribute. But I guess we're waiting for, I don't know if it is self-esteem. <clears throat> it's kind of like a... Actually, if I do this, it is, you know, I'm not putting myself out there in a way that's, um, I don't know, it is, it is, you know, it's this kind of, I, it's I part can, of self-esteem, but it's permission, yeah. I can uh, just uh, say, connect to this, that sometimes it's good to help people even uh, when they don't ask, but it's also a little tricky because uh, you mm. can have situation as, for example, I experience, you know, I don't like that someone helps me. I didn't like this. So please don't help me. Okay. Mm. So in this moment, you also need to be very careful in understanding the other person and how they react on the same thing. So it's also something uh, good to consider. And uh, sometimes you cannot force the thing. Sometimes things just need to happen when the time arrives. Uh, you know, just put them to go fluent as a river and every situation will be put it in the place as it should be. And uh, since uh, we are very close uh, to the end of our webinar, I can say that we really enjoyed, I from my side, so now I'm totally self-esteem. Uh, I really <laughs> enjoyed this conversation because I felt like on uh, the friendship uh, coffee and I'm a little sad that there was not opportunity of uh, our colleague Ozren from company Intellexi to be part of it, but uh, I'm sure that there will be some other opportunity that he join us and uh, Intellexi is also uh, very active in this finance sector and making IT development what is definitely also interesting topic to discuss where IT and finance are uh, connecting in generosity. And uh, in the end, uh, I will just conclude with one sentence uh, that uh, Ellen uh, told me when I was in the Chicago, you know, if you don't believe in the magic, uh, you cannot find it. And I think I believe in magic, so I'm sure I will find it. So <laughs> what is your conclusion, girls? Yeah, well, I would like to end with um, a quote from the Dalai Lama that um, I found right when all the COVID um, shutdowns were starting to happen. And it it says, it is under the greatest adversity that there exists the greatest potential for doing good, both for oneself and others. So um, I see this time as, although it's very, very difficult for so, so many, it's also this beautiful window opening for us to really explore our generous um, spirits are generous intentions in a way that will serve everyone. And what I do 
know is that um, when I help other people win, it will always flow back to me as well. Yeah, that's so true. And Martha? I just really hope that we find in this time that we do open up, like Alan said earlier, rather than, than you know, hold back, that this is a time that we can open up. Um, I'll go back to the quote that I said earlier, which is from Dave in Australia, whatever we're good at is what the world needs us to be. And then between all of us, we've got this covered. So I guess this is your permission that you needed to go out and be generous or to do something, you know, today. Um, and, and just feel confident that what you have to offer is what we need. So, you know, don't, don't hold back. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just wish to say thank you for being a part of the webinar. I really enjoyed and I hope you also enjoyed uh, from the side of the locations we covered Europe, Asia and the US. I hope uh, we will not have any more earthquakes. So now we had in New Zealand, we had in Croatia, and I hope it will not come to Chicago. Uh, so, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> a generosity earthquake, how about that? <laughs> that would be okay. Yeah. So uh, sharing all the good vibes and uh, wishing you all the best. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. Thank you for sharing the good and generosity. Thank you.